0: Talk line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the
1: air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to the program, Mom Zev Brenner. It's been quite a while. I think we broke the story, as I said, at the onset about, ooh, about almost a year ago. Well, Aliyah Hawila is our guest. Uh, he We labeled him as the Lebanese Hassan. When he first appeared on the broadcast, it turned out that he had married a Syrian young woman from the Jewish community. Then after the wedding, was discovered that he wasn't Jewish. They separated. Then it was discovered that he was Jewish. We'll be joined in a few minutes, Rabbi Avraham Reich. He is the rabbi who did a lot of the work and, and, and determined that Leah is Jewish. He went through a conversion nevertheless, what we call a conversion to just to be on the safe side. Went to Israel. His wife, and was determined that he was married. Went to Israel. They tried working it out. Just recently, gave his wife a get, a Jewish divorce. Leah, welcome to the program. Welcome back. Thank you, Zev.
2: Thank you, Zev. Did I sum it up correctly? Yes, you did sum it up correctly. I'm just uh, like to correct something a little bit in the title. Lebanese Hassan. I would I would more more say of like Syrian Lebanese Hassan. Considering the discoveries we made about my family and uh, my heritage and stuff like that.
1: Right, so, but in, but 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 initially you were um, yeah initially yeah
2: to
1: know you were Jewish, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. Inici- initially, initially. I mean, initially, nothing was confirmed. I would say. But what? what I'm sorry. What did you say? What happened? No, I'm just saying. Initially, nothing was confirmed, so nothing could have been spoken. A, a lot of people have asked me when you, and
1: just to give a little more meat to the story. Mm-hmm weren't Jewish, you said you were Jewish, you learned from Chabad, you put on a yarmulke you went through the whole the ritual right, I mean put...
2: I mean I mean here's the thing. Here's here's what Rabbi Rabbi Avraham Reich spoke about in the last said uh, yeah have the right guidance. To me, and this is you know this is something uh I think it's fair, you know, I mean At that point, when everything broke in the news, I could not have had the chutzpah to say I do have any ancestry or anything when I didn't have any proof. At that point, I wasn't even betting anything on finding any proof or finding anything about my family saying that I am actually born Jewish. So I was just, you know, hoping to do a a regular tour and uh, continue my life at that point on. But no, we made discoveries along the way, and then... uh, then it was the, the right time to come out and talk. No, but you and I had spoken. You weren't sure you
1: were Jewish. Maybe you yes, thought. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I, was, I sure wasn't.
2: I wasn't fully sure. I wasn't.
1: Yeah. Right. So, so at what point did you discover? And I know we'll get from Rabbi Rach in a few moments. That at what point did you discover that you actually were Jewish? At what moment did that come as a revelation? I would from? say
2: I, I would. I would more like say, at what point did I find proof? Because. Um, a lot of people encouraged me. They said, "Okay, fine. So speak to your mother. Have your mother, you know, uh, have your mother and grandmother dig into family records, dig into things. You know, just, uh, find some proof. Um, if I even did a mitochondrial DNA test, you know what my, how mitochondrial DNA works? It only passes down from mother to child. Um, so my mother gave it to me. I can't pass it down to my kids because I'm a guy. If I had a sister, she would pass it down." So, my mom got it from her mom and her mom got it from her mom, et etc. It goes through direct maternal line, and those direct maternal lines determine your maternal descent so the DNA test that I took the mater- mitochondrial DNA test says that I come from direct uh, direct maternal descent so there was that and number two it's my uh i' don't, i think he called mesoura it's it's from my mom and from my grandmother my grandmother called me and told no. We're Jewish. We are Jewish. But growing grew- up, did you have any inkling that you were Jewish? There was no mention of it. Growing, growing up. I mean, it was. I told you, like, I grew up. I grew up in a in a community that was a mix of Muslims and Christians, mostly Muslims uh, in South Lebanon. Uh, my parents, my dad, I, as I said before, he used to like pray and fast just for the purpose of doing it. But my mom was not religious. My mom was just completely secular. So. Being exposed to religion, I wouldn't say I was very exposed to, exposed to religion in general when I was younger. So, okay. so you weren't exposed
1: to religion. But here what happened was, and this is what makes the story intriguing and complicated, mm-hmm. is that you masqueraded as somebody who was Jewish. You got mm-hmm. married and then when after the wedding when uh, your wife's family discovered online that you weren't Jewish. That's when all... Hell broke loose, and
2: it, w- it, w- it wasn't more of like a discovery online. It was my ex-wife's father uh, reached out to my father, and you know, I don't know what conversations happened between them. But then my ex-wife's father sent a voice note to the entire Syrian kila saying, "My save my daughter. She's living with a terrorist. This is how the whole thing blew out of out of proportion."
1: And the FBI investigated. I spoke to the New York Police Department. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. The, 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 I, I'm not going to say the name of the t- detective, but if anyone wants to communicate with him and speak with him, they came to the house. They were very nice to me. You know, um, yeah. They investigated everything upside down. Right. So here you
1: are. You're married. You were. You were separated. You're because they found that what they determined that you weren't Jewish you found out that you were Jewish. So what happened at, let's pick up the narrative and then we'll speak to Rabbi Reich who's joined us as well. So let's pick up the narrative. So what happened after you discovered you're Jewish, you spoke to Rabbi Avram Reich, you went through a conversion, Lechumer, which means you went through a conversion, though you didn't have to because the determination is if, uh, if more than two generations I believe it's three generations don't mm-hmm. practice Judaism, even though you are Jewish, but you have to go through this perfunctory uh, conversion. So What happened? Did your
2: marriage get back on track at that point in time? What transpired? Um, Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I mean, I, you know, I think I can talk about it now. But um, since the moment me and my wife got separated, like physically separated, I I left uh, the Kikila in Brooklyn. um, We stayed in touch. We actually stayed in touch. We were calling. And I, I think you yourself know about this. Because you've I been in touch that. with both me and her, uh, we and me and her were yeah, in touch with each other. Bad. We were talking. Uh, no, cut off,
3: a lot, cut, cut,
2: Go ahead, uh, Rabbi. We'll get you in just a moment. Go ahead, uh, Aleya. No, I just think they they need to mute. <laughs> they need to mute the microphone. Right. Um, the, we have to get the better picture, uh, Rabbi. Go ahead. So yeah. Yes. So we we stayed in touch. We you know. She said, you know, I want. To, this is before we found out that I'm actually. Uh, she said, you know, I want you to do conversion. I want to do. You wanna, Know be together again. We get remarried after the conversion stuff like that. Um, and then the time came where she went on a trip. I'm not gonna touch down, but touch base on what type of trip it was, because she was gone for like three months. And during that time, that's the time when we launched this whole investigation and found out about my ancestry and about that I'm actually born Jewish. And then Rabbi Avraham Wright went on the interview. Um, so we started being in touch again. Me and my ex-wife, and um we went, you know, I didn't have plans for Pesach, she didn't have plans for Pesach. So we sort of like both of ended in Israel for Pesach. Um my plan was to my plan was to actually just be there for Pesach, but I ended up, I said, Israel is so beautiful, I I can't go back to America. Even right now, I'm making Aliyah. Um, I'm in the process of making Aliyah. So we ended up and we ended up in Israel. Um it was very it was at the beginning, it was a very, very rough time. Um, I mean, I would say a very rough time in terms of my marriage itself, because there, it was the ind- indecisiveness—not on my part, but on my ex-wife's part—the indecisiveness. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I can't blame her. She was trying to make everyone happy. She was trying to make her parents happy, her friends happy. You know, pressure from everyone, community, friends, things like that um so I was patient with that you know sablanut as they say um my my rabbi in Israel uh he said take everything with sablanut so I took everything with sablanut um it was it was a hard time because you know like I was trying to rebuild my life with her I was trying to move in with her I was trying to you know just get things get things all back together and she was getting threats from her family you know if we you go back with him, we're gonna disown you. We, we don't want to have want to have anything to do with you. Um, number one, number two, even people from Yad Lachim were still getting involved for no reason. Even and even herself herself, she used to tell me, you know, I don't I don't want to lose support from Yad Lachim. I don't want to lose support from this rabbi. I don't want to lose my friends. My friends me tell me I'm context. crazy if I go back with you. Let me throw a little
1: context that: in the Syrian Jewish community mm-hmm. now. Had you been a regular convert, you would not have been accepted. There is a edict going back 40, 50 years or longer in the yeah, yeah. where they will not accept converts under any circumstances. So since they determined even if they you would have been a convert, they wouldn't accept you. Now I don't believe they accepted the ruling from Rabbi Avram Reich and others that determined
2: that you were Jewish. No, I mean I I I cannot speak for the entirety of the Syrian community. Um, but there was a ruling from the rabbinut itself that this boy is Jewish and his marriage is is legit. And if they if, if he or she need need to marry someone else, he has to give her a get. Um, I can't speak for the entirety of the Syrian community, but there's one rabbi in the Syrian community. He's not per se Syrian. He's Yemenite. Uh, but he has so much power in the Syrian community. And he still went against the decisions of the rabbinut and said, no, she doesn't need a get. She doesn't need a get. Fine. Whatever you want to say, say. you know. Uh, it's not going to change the ruling of the chief rabbis of Israel.
1: You know. Now the um, chief rabbi of Israel determined that you have to that when things were jumping the gun a little bit, you try to both you and your ex-wife try to salvage the marriage at some point. Being in Israel, what I yeah understand. yeah
2: yeah we went to the rabbinut and the rabbinut paskin the same exact thing. The rabbi Abraham Reich and the, the Beit Din that did my the Humrah. They passed in the same thing. They said, "There's a suffolk, and if she needs, if she needs, uh, oh, she needs to marry someone else, or if he needs to marry someone else, has to give her again the humrah.: That's the halakha That's as Wait, it is." Rabbi, let me turn
1: to Rabbi Avram Reich. Uh, thank you for joining us, Rabbi Reich.
3: Yes, Ashuato.
1: If I can just, if you can just lift your mic, your your camera a little bit, so we can see more of of, of your fair Perfect. Perfect. Okay, so I, I'm sure you've listened to what Ali has been saying. So you did the research and you discovered that he was indeed Jewish, even though the world said he wasn't Jewish. You did the homework, correct?
3: Well, uh, I try to do whatever I can. You know, I, we're we're doing conversion already for over forty years. So over forty years, for over forty years we're doing uh, we're doing conversions, and you get to know the neck of what he, who is a Yid and who is not a Yid. And there's certain ways of determining that the person that you know, you're know you investigating is a Yid or not a Yid. And, uh, and everything came down to the point that he is a Yid. According to the Torah, he has a Chazaka being a Yid. And uh, the head rabbi of Israel, uh, Rabbi Yosef, it came him him with his best and came to the same conclusion as I did and I imagine they did it the same way I did.
1: Were they called uh, I read in the papers, didn't they call uh Aliyah's grandmother in Lebanon?
3: Right, right, right. But you know, uh you can't say it because they spoke to her on the phone that they that uh decided that he's a Jew. It's it's much more than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's much, much more than that. You have there are all different types of angles you look at one of the things they did, of course, was to to, to speak to his grandmother. Uh, I think maybe to uh, you know his mother, and um, that was just that was just part. Uh, that was just part of the um, of the puzzle of uh, uh, saying. They,
1: they rely on your ruling because you did all this work before.
3: And well, be I'll, a- well, well, well I'll, tell you, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the truth. The Besden in New York, which is one of the top Chosheve Bezins in New York. Uh, they know me for many, many years. And I told them, listen, this uh, this Elia Chavila uh, participated in my shurim. He came da- davening him and his wife. And, you know, when I, when I give shurim, I can tell where, when the Torah goes into the person's heart or not. And he was always attentive, davening very, very Ehrlich. I was very impressed with him. So when, when I heard this whole balagan that he's not a Jew, I said, it doesn't make sense. Uh, it doesn't make sense. And uh, so we started uh, investigating. And there's certain ways you investigate to find out whether, you know, whether it's a yid, it's, it's asking certain questions which have nothing to do with, with conversion. It's a, it's, a, it's a whole process. Um, it's, it's This cannot be explained to a layman. It's only... Uh, to rabbanim that have, that have experience in Geiris. so this is here for the when I came to make this gairis l'chumra, uh, uh, this bezdin uh, is uh, affiliated with the rabbanut, and it's very very hard for them to to make Geiris. They have a choshma bezdin. They really have to be pro- They have to be proven that the person that is asking to be misgayer is really sincere. And when I told them, he's in my kehillah and I know him, and he's a, a He's, he's, and he has the, all the meters of a year. He's about chesed. He's the wonderful, wonderful person. They accepted it on on, on on what I said, and they made the Girul Chumra. They made the Girul Chumra just simp- simply because uh, they wanted to help him, you know, um, help him in this, you know, with, with all the balagan that's going on. Is he a Jew? He's not a Jew. So this, this, making this Girul Chumra would with and all of this, all of the gossip. He's easy, he's, he's not a yid, but that didn't mean that he was not a Yid It was made like you, like you had said before when there's a certain amount of generations where there is no Yiddish guide in the family, the Paiskim felt that we should make Gir al um, So uh, maybe, Hashem, maybe Hashem gave me now because now because this bezn over here in America was Maashim. And they told Rabbi Bezdin and the Rabbi Rashi, uh, the Rosh Bezdin, uh, spoke to the Rabbi Rashi, and told him that I know Rabbi Reich for so many years, and he has Mesir Asnafesh for, for, for Geirim, and his whole life is dedicated for Geirim. And if he tells me he's a Shamitara Mitzvah, and he, I, I accepted it at face value, and I imagine that also had um, uh, had also an effect on the Rabbanot, and, and, and the fact that I was the one who started it and, and I have experience in it and I have other I have other cases in the rabbinate also where they've seen that uh, we do the we garris for Misham Mitzvah. Uh, we do not take, I just want to say, we do not take any money for garris because it says in Shulchan Aruch you're not supposed to. And even those that do take, I just want to clarify, there's a cloud of this um, um, um the person uh, loses his uh, loses a time right if you lose time you you have, to, you have to pay the guy dying for the time for the time that he lost just like a, a, a rabbi is supposed to teach for, for, for not take any money but because he's um it's, it's called char it's hard that a person uh, does not do anything and automatically he has to do this mitzvah that we're giving him yeah so uh, I I, 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 I would I would say that uh, Baruch Hashem I had this chus uh, to start um, start getting the truth out and um, did you Baruch try Hashem communicating tab- this tab- with
1: this, Rabbi Rock, Did you try communicating this with the Syrian rabbanim with the Syrian rabbis? Yes,
3: I yes I did. And um,
1: did they accept your ruling? Did they accept? They
3: they, they refused to answer my calls because I imagine they knew what I was going to say and they were against it. Uh, they were against it, but I can tell you something very interesting. That one of the mothers of the rabbanim in the Syrian community called me, and she told me, Rabbi Reich, I know you for many years. I wish the boys in the Syrian community would be as serious with with davening and learning and doing mitzvahs as Elias is. <laughs> so uh, it was nice. It was nice to get such a you know. From one of, the, one of the big rabbis uh, over there. You know, I, I don't want to speak against the Kehillah, but, you know, we're, we're coming to Mashiach's times now, and there's so many gayrim, true Gairim that we have to be Magyar. How can we put just a, law, a rule in a law that we can't? uh, uh That's we can't a whole separate discussion
1: where, you know, Elias' case is unique because he's not really a convert because he's discovered he's yeah. Jewish. So, right. if that indeed is the case, the rule of the Syrian Jewish community
3: would right, not apply. Yeah. Right. Well, I, you know, you know, you know, Zev, there's, there's, there's the Arboim. It says in Shpilchiyavas in Shishi, there are forty-eight things, forty-eight Tnaim to right? For the Torah One of the last uh, last um, uh, Tanya, one of the last uh, uh, the, of the forty-eight uh, Tanya, is to to uh, to be moida al hoemis. In other words,
1: it
0: make, be like maida, you
3: made a mistake. <laughs> you can have all the other great milos of learning tire and a bit, and giving tzedak and everything. When it comes to bimaida sometimes it's hard. To uh, to be mylamis, so, the, the Syrian community is a wonderful community. They really care. for growing and they the really care they, they
1: had to, uh, they had a special goal in mind, but the question mm-hmm. though is, should a rule be absolute? Because gerum and converse is such an important part of our religion.
3: Uh, Zev, let, let me let me explain to you. If, you know, and I want everybody to hear this. It's very easy to make a rule. We don't want any gayrim. Very easy. So for instance, what do I do when somebody comes to me and wants to become a uh, wants to become a ger, a woman as a gear The first thing I do, I have to determine whether this person is serious or not. So the first thing you do is they have to join a kehila
1: which has
3: a rub in it, which has a rub in it, which has shurim in it, that is, is ready to accept this person as a gear to teach him what's necessary in. If after a year of staying in the scale, that's davening three times a day, putting on filling, well, Shabbos is something you, know, you have to, you have to, one, one uh, laugh, one prat of Shabbos that they not allowed to keep. But if after a year, they ca- I speak to the Rav, and the Rav tells me, this person is serious. This person comes to daven three times a day. He comes to Shi'ur, he's learning, he knows the Lama Why shouldn't I be Megayer? Why? you know you know why it was made that they made this law because there was nobody there to inv- to to invest time in a, a person that came with another with a girl with a, with a with a guy with a guy so the, the the normal thing would have been to say is is she is she really want to become a jew okay we'll send her to a kallah for a year and see that's that's when you see whether it's true or not the just, in the to say, ju- just to say just to say no you know you have to do your homework. you know you have to do your homework you know and I, want, I want to tell you I want to tell you something Zev yeah. I want to tell you something Zev. and everybody should hear this that because the Syrian community uh, which is a wonderful community, and I love them, I have a lot of good friends there. And they're great, but because they're still keeping this rule, I'm not accepting Garim, it has an effect all over the world. For instance, in Mexico, a gear cannot go into a normal shul and daven. Would you believe that? A ger that's shaymetayr wow. mitzvus. And you know, I'm dealing with this on a daily basis. You know, people call me, and and uh, South America is producing many, many gerim. And uh, the, uh, the ones that we did, all of them told us, I asked them, why do you want to become a ger? You know, so pe- many people say reasons because, you know, I hate Christianity. I love the Jewish uh, davening. They all said one thing. They investigated in their lineage and they saw they come from Eden. They came from Eden. They love many. Because when in the Inquisition and in other times, when, the, when they ran away, the only many of them ran to South America, to, to Mexico, to Venezuela, all around. So, so you know, so now it's what's what's a terrible thing in Mexico, which is a a very beautiful Kela. A ger is not
1: allowed as a minion. In um, Michigan. That's, that's terrible. That's a separate conversation. Speakers Robert He's involved in conversions, as you hear, and we're continuing. We're going to hear from Ali HaWeila. He is the Lebanese Hassan, and uh, determined he wasn't Jewish after he married a Syrian Jewish brother. He, as you heard, Robert Rock said he was Jewish. They and the, he and his wife try to reconcile in Israel. I,
3: I, I want. I want to. I want to inject one thing, uh, uh, Zeph. Yes. One thing that you know that Ellie is not not saying it, so I'll have to say it. His mother told me in history, he told me for when he was ten years old, he would never, never go to a mosque. His father went to the Schleppen, never would go. He always was close to the to, to, to Judaism clericat. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not that all of a sudden he all of a sudden he fooled the girl and uh, and, and now he found out he, he always he always felt he was Yiddish because he, he really was Yiddish, you know. Anyway, I wanted to inject that that it's not just.
1: But, but, but he listened. He did go through uh, where he himself he, he wasn't sure he was Jewish until you determined that, and that created the complication, the marriage where they were separated. When he was on this right. program,
3: right. Right.
1: Through right. all he, his masquerade as right. being Jewish, and right. he explained right. it. But we're going to pick up our conversation later. But, but, but don't forget,
3: don't forget, he, don't forget he, he there's a there's a there's a difference. What is the ruts and the will of a person? He never he never did it because he wanted to fool somebody. He didn't, he didn't do all this because he wanted to He did it because he wanted to be an al But at, it's the time,
1: uh, at the same time, his wife was hurt, Barb. We'll talk about that. That's We have right, to be, right, and right, That, right. And that affects just the, the point. to this day. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. in your conversation with Aliyah Hawila. He's the Lebanese chassan. Rabbi Avramrak is the rabbi who helped him find his Judaism. We'll be back right after these messages. Some Bureau. listening. Talk
0: line with Zeb Brenner. America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981.
1: And now, here's your host. And we're back. Aliyah Hawila is our guest. We call him the Lebanese chassan. Uh, Determined when he first went out and got married, he wasn't really Jewish. He didn't know he was Jewish. And then uh, afterwards, he separated from his wife. He was determined he was Jewish. They both tried to reconcile in Israel. He's currently divorced. Rabbi Avram Reich is his rabbi. Who helped determine his Jewishness and has been guiding him, Lee? Let me turn to you. So here you are. You're in Israel, okay? Uh, th- you were, this was before you found out that you were Jewish. So what happened then? I, 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 at some point, you determined you were Jewish. You went through the conversion. You tried to get that, together. That
2: was, that was before I got to oh. That was before you got.
1: To... So we got to yeah. Israel. You were Jewish. I remember you were there. Uh, your wife, who Rabbi Raich determined you were married, went there, you tried to work
2: things out. So for We per- tried to work things out, we took it to the Rabbanut, and as I said, the Rabbanut passed in the same thing that Rabbi Raich, the best did in America, passed same exact thing, and one rabbi in the Syrian community, not even Syrian, Yemenite, he re- 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 rebelled against the decision of the Rabbanut, but again, you know, people can say whatever they want. But Some of my listeners have said to me, they said, listen, your marriage was based
1: on on deception because she thought you were Jewish originally. At that moment in time, mm-hmm. you didn't realize. So it's very hard to get back on track when you have a foundation that was faulty because it was based on a premise that you were Jewish when you didn't know you were Jewish at that time, and that created all the tensions that you had.
2: Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was. I wasn't. I wouldn't say because of that. It was. I mean, I told you we stayed in touch even after they separated us physically. We were we were calling each other and texting each other every day, she said, "I love you, and I want you, and I want us to be together." And her family was just threatening her: "You're shaming our name in the community. You're causing, you're embarrassing us. This and that." So when we went to Israel, the pressure, you know, we were expecting that the pressure in Israel is going to go down, but it only went up. You know, but so there was pressure from her family, pressure from friends, pressure from you know even people in Yad Lachim. Like I don't, I don't even know why Yad Lachim was still involved. You know, Yad Lachim should be there to, just, you know, if a girl is married to an Arab but stuck in a, in an Arab village, they save her. That's fine. We need that, you know. Um, but you know that wasn't the that wasn't the case. So we were we were trying to work it out. You know, we were going on vacations to. Not I wouldn't say going on going on vacations, but we spent Shabbat together, me and her. You know. Um, We got invited to families, We spent time together, to hang out. We weren't living together, of course. Um, And we tried to work it out. It was, you know, she she was trying to play safe with both sides. She doesn't want to lose her family. She doesn't want to lose her friends. So she tells her friends, you know, I don't want him. I hate him. I don't want to be with him. And then she tells me, no, I love you and I want you. So just, you know, at at some point, like, you can't blame her. Like, you can't, she's she's scared to lose her friends. Zev, are you talking? I can't hear you. Yeah, go ahead.
1: I'm listening to you.
2: Yeah, so she she doesn't want to lose her friends. She doesn't want to lose her family. So I was I took it with sablanut, and I was very patient. And um, but it reached a point where I just couldn't take it anymore. You know, we have we have to make you have to make a decision. You have to make up your mind. Are we a couple? Are we going to be together? Um, but it kept going on and on and on. And then we had a marriage therapist. We went to a marriage therapist. Um, in Jerusalem. And uh, during that time when we were working with the marriage therapist, even the marriage therapist didn't help, you know, because she was getting, she was still getting so much pressure. And I was even getting threatened with violence, you know. Um, At some point, I don't even know if it was family members from her side or someone, but I was getting emails, people threatening me with violence. You don't leave her, if you don't uh, get off of her, we're going to come do this. I I didn't take it into any consideration You know, it's, it's, there's an there's an Arabic saying, I don't I'm not going to say the translation, but, you know, I'm sure people in the Syrian community will understand it's like, which means like it's uh, it's just talk in the air. You know, I I knew it didn't mean anything. So let's, but, let's, let's, let's squeeze on
1: some funk. A lot of people want to speak. Let's go to Yaakov and Midwood. Go ahead, Yaakov. You have a question. Oh,
0: Thank you. Uh, I have a few a very quick pertinent questions. Number one, and this is pertinent, uh how come you have an American English if you grew up in a, in a refugee camp in Lebanon? How, how come you speak an American, what That's number one?
1: Who said he was in a refugee
2: camp? A you refi- in a- what, what refi- where do you get this from?
0: I got it from the newspaper. that when the, when the scandal broke out, excuse me, it said that you grew up in a refugee camp in southern Lebanon.
2: Is no, that- I didn't grow up, up in a refugee camp. I grew up in the city of Tyre and the city of Tsur. South Lebanon. It wasn't okay. a refugee camp. It was It was very close okay. to the beach so, in, a, in a nice area in entire Lebanon. We were okay. not... Okay. A refugee. Right, of... Your family was middle class. You're thinking Palestinian. He's not Palestinian. I'm not Palestinian.
0: Not exactly. That's the whole point. Because so the, the, the papers lied. It was fake news. That, I read that. Yeah. I didn't make it up. Okay, fine. I'm glad to hear that. But how do you have such an American English anyway?
2: No, I, I grew up learning so, English, actually. The, the, the school that I went to so taught went English...
0: Okay, now let me ask you a question. Why did you feel you had to masquerade? Why did you go through when you thought you're not Jewish? Why didn't you go through a real gay when you thought you're not a Jew? Why did you have to fake?
2: I mean, if you go back to the previous interview and everything I said on the news, I tried to book it first turned down in texas well, I, a few times well, and then I, I, I think you, you, you went first to a reform rabbi if i remember yes right. yes and they turned me down and i at that point you know again the ideas of a 17 year old boy who was very attached to judaism and i was scared of getting rejected so i just sort of like went along with it and i said oh, i was jewish all
0: right but you went you in the end you you portrayed yourself as an orthodox jew why didn't you go to an orthodox
2: rabbi Again, I was seventeen years old. So my again, my it, it's the information and the guidance. That what you know? What information and and guidance can a seventeen-year-old get just arriving from Lebanon? Okay,
0: all right. You were seventeen. I got you. You're seventeen, going on eighteen, like the song says. But anyway, be that as it may. Uh, what drew you uh, very quickly? What drew you towards Judaism, since you didn't know you were Jewish? What drew you in that direction? No,
2: I mean. But, the love of discovery number 1 number 2 you know you know it's just something that you feel in your heart you know what i'm saying you know reading reading the tanakh reading the torah first time it's like you feel like you're part of it you know, it's it's not it's 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 it's, it's on a case, it, to every single person it it's different but for me you know my attachment to torah you know i read the tanakh by myself when i was in, still in lebanon i downloaded it from the internet it's not didn't it's
0: you think, didn't you think you're a christian
2: how did you know no no christianity never made sense christianity never made sense Uh, to me christianity never made sense and no no not at all Not at all.
0: so why did your mother why did your mother and your your grandmother was still alive why did they keep from you their jewish background
2: i'm sorry
1: why why did your yeah, go ahead. Why did your
2: mother and grandmother keep your Jewish background from you? That's the question. The I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not something people in South Lebanon talk about, especially because, you know, even in the, in the Southern Lebanese community, it's extremely anti-Semitic. So it's not something that people talk about. And it's not something that, you know, thats okay, exactly. their daily life.
0: How about your father? Was he Jewish? No, 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 not at all. Did your father know that his wife, your mother, is a Jew? Did he know that? No,
2: them? not at all.
1: Uh-huh. Okay. So that's that's but then but your parents are not together or are they? Right? No, now? no, no. My parents have been separated since twenty nineteen. Okay. So okay. Jacob, thank you for your question. How did your father react to the fact that you that he discovered his wife was Jewish and that uh, year? you I before? don't know.
2: I I'm am i am not in touch with him. I have I have not been in touch with him since twenty nineteen. Decided Man, to give uh, up by with his family for, and leave. So Martin writes, and
1: this is for Rabbi Reich. What role did the DNA test play in determining Elias Jewishness? Did the Israeli rabbin consider that at all? Could you clarify the role of those tests? Also, do you think there is a danger of Judaism turning to eugenics because of the focus on DNA and bloodlines? Rabbi Reich?
3: Well, I can only say what the post can say. Um, the most the DNA can help you with is uh, guiding you in a certain direction. That you know, you see a DNA of uh, of a person that has the genes of a Jew, it doesn't necessarily mean that he is a Jew, but it 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 guides you that listen. Hey, we let's 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 look into this and uh, let's let's go into give him the benefit of the doubt now that he wants to become Jewish. Let's let's really see if he was Jewish or not. Zev, I want to say something now. Okay, Zev.
1: Go ahead, Rabbi.
3: Okay. I want to say something now. This is not halacha What I'm saying now is halacha lemaisa. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say, uh, who told me this? And, uh, and I'm saying this now because I want to, I want, I want to, I want, to, uh, I want people to look at um, uh, Elia in a positive light, and not in the light of that he's a, you know, he's a deceiver and stuff. Rebruve Feinstein told me that his father, Rebusha, who was the Paisa Gadar, felt that if a person was brought up by Jews and he acted like a Jew, he did not need conversion.
1: Say it one more time that if somebody.
3: Again, again. Rebruve Feinstein told me, told me personally that his father, Rebusha Feinstein, who was the Paisa Gadar, According to everybody, or felt that a child that is brought up, uh, uh, a child from a from a non-Jewish a family that's brought up by Jews and acts like a Jew completely does not need conversion.
1: Has that been accepted by anyone? Has
3: anyone no, by that? no, no. But I'm just uh, I, but I'm I'm just telling you that there that there are many not today that use that as a sniff. Uh, to, to determine that a person is a is a Jew.
1: Okay, let's take some more phone calls. Let's. Go. So this,
3: the reason the reason I'm saying this is because I want people to. That he felt that he was Jewish. He was acting like a Jew all the time. there are, are piousmen that say that he is a Jew because of that.
1: So he wouldn't need a girl kochomer then. He wouldn't. Need I, I, a
3: according to Rabbi and Feinstein told me from his father, Ramosha Feinstein, he wouldn't need a girl because he acted he acted like a Jew for many many years. His mother told me that even when he was a child. He f- refused to go to the mosque, and he only wanted to uh, learn and read about Judaism. So he, his, 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 his neshama was in Judaism from the beginning, and he practiced it. He practiced it. In every way possible, not only in Halachot, in Midas of of being helpful whenever he can. So uh, let, let's not attack him of being such a deceiver, if according to many posts, he was a Yid before.
1: Okay, let's even, say, even, not, even if his mother
3: was not a Yid.
1: Let's go to George in Manhattan. George, you have a question for our guest. Go ahead, George. I
0: have, a, I have two questions, but I'll hang up afterwards. Henry Louis Gates says he can identify a Jewish dean. I find that preposterous. My question, is Western Judaism a work in progress?
1: What do you mean by that?
0: Well, in other words, it's still cleaning—you know—cleaning uh, you know, uh, cleaning off the edges and whatnot, because because according to books I've read, that when it came to America, especially, there were certain things that sort of uh, were in, added or subtracted that might have been more acceptable outside of the country.
1: Listen, That's every like ta- every every country where people live, Jews are in China or America, or wherever they might be. There are going to be certain characteristics of the country they live in that's going to impact, especially if they marry people who are part of the community agree, where they live. I agree. I, I so agree. That's, the
0: second question is do my East African brothers still have to go through a conversion process?
1: Which East Africa is? In Israel. Are you talking about the, is? you talking about the Israelites? The uh, Theratians. Oh, the falash I'll let Robert respond to the fact that, the, the fact that the, that's the Ethiopian Jews the Falash is referring to. Rabbi Ryan.
3: Yeah, well, all I, can, all I can say is that one of the greatest people in our generation, of our generation, um, who had unlimited Abba Tisrael for every Jew in the world, right? And it was a of tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of hidden already with his Avat Yisrael, as the Lubavitch Rebbe, he felt it was for their benefit to go through Geir Eslechumar. And he didn't do it out of trying to to belittle them or degrade them. He felt that this was the best thing because as they go through life, there'll be people that are questioning and uh, and I really can't uh, explain the Rebbe's uh, reasoning for this but if he if he reasoned this, and he was most probably one of the greatest Torah scholars of our generation, there was nothing that he didn't know. Nothing. He was prolific, proliferated in every in every subject, in every Indian, in every mitzvah of 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 uh, of the Jewish nation. And if he said they need a geris I think we should bow our heads and say, Rabbi, you're right.
1: It was done. Our guest, you just heard, Rabbi. Avram Reich, he is a prominent conversions and and baltubas in, in New York City. He's been guiding our guest, Leah Hawila, the Lebanese chassan, who went through a whole thing where he was determined Jewish and not Jewish. His marriage was, uh, he was married and he wasn't married. He's just going through a divorce. We'll talk about the divorce proceedings when we come back right after these messages. So don't go away. Stay.
0: You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981.
1: And now, here's your host. And we're back. The Lebanese Hassan, Leah Hawila, is our guest. Rabbi abel has helped guide him as far as his finding his Jewish identity, his conversion, the Chumra, and, of course, been guiding him since. Let me turn to Aliyah. So you were... To- Aliyah, are you there? Okay, we'll, we'll get to him in just a moment. And... Uh, so, Rabbi Reich, uh, have you had much difficulty? Come back. With other rabbinim with your rulings, or most of them accept the Assyrian community accepted? Just give me a yes or no answer. I was just curious. <laughs> yes,
3: yes, and no. Okay. You know what? Uh, Baruch Hashem, that's just compliments.
1: Baruch Hashem. Good to hear that. Let me turn to Ali again. So, here you are, you're in Israel, you're trying to work out your marriage, you go to a therapist, and what. We, trans- went, to,
2: we, we, went, we went to a marriage therapist. Um, the marriage therapist was just trying to help my my wife, my, my ex-wife, uh, make a decision. She said, no, you can't go tell people, this boy is horrible, this boy tricked me, please help me out and give me support, while at the same time, you know, hanging out with him in secret and just, you know, telling him, that, promising, him that you, uh, promising him that you want him and you want to build a life with him and live with him. And it continued like that in a chain of just going back and forth in toxicity and, and nothing was working out some point telling me you know i'm embarrassed to be seen with you in the streets and i'm like you know it, it, it really hurt you know even pe- people people had, you know i don't know how Shah and people had the chutzpah in israel to approach both me and her and try to suggest other people for us when we were when we were still married it's, it's just it's, it's crazy um but it continued like this. And at some point, you know, we, were, we started, you know, going into fights because I could just couldn't take that anymore. You have to make up your mind. You have to make a decision. Things have to move forward. And then I lost uh, contact with her for about three weeks. She wasn't responding to the phone or anything. Nothing. And then after that, I find out um, from someone that, oh. Rabbi and a big, big rabbi from Harno uh, found a Beit Din in in B'rach Brak that, that wrote her wrote her a letter. Finally, they found someone who was willing to go against the ruling of the rabbanut and wrote, wrote her a letter saying that oh, her marriage is not uh, is just uh, it's it's not kosher and she's allowed today. So I found out she was actually going out with someone. You know, dating someone while, you know, this issue with the whole get was not resolved yet. I I don't want to go over
1: there because these are allegations. I I wanted to stick more to what transpired.
2: I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, this is something that I discovered. And then she came back and she said, no, I love you. And I, you know, I want to continue our marriage. And people were trying to push me and, you know, stuff to do things and stuff like that. So I said, "Okay, fine. I love you so much as well. And let's continue our marriage together um so okay fine we were we were continuing and this was around early November I think late October early November when we started getting back in touch at this point I I was you know um, Baruch Hashem working and making Parnassah and everything and uh said yeah let's 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 work things out together let's move in together at the end of December if like husband and wife support me you know we live together we have a family you know and we'll we'll figure out a solution for my parents I did my role and I was supporting her. You know. And okay. then it comes to a point where we where we had a we, where we had a fight mid December. All of a sudden, she just picked up and left. Pick like literally legit picked up and left and went to America. And I found out that she's in America. And she, you know, I tried to fly after her to just you know make things up for her. You know, be like, I love you. Let's work things out. And at the airport. They tell me, oh, you can't leave the country. Your wife called and she said that she told the rabbinu. Well, actually, the thing they told me at the airport, oh, they oh, said. I know what. You, you, I, from what I read in the papers, they said you were
1: withholding from giving a get to your wife, a religious divorce. No, 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 not, not
2: at all. Not at all. But in December, again, we were supposed to move in together at the end of December. So mid December, we had this fight. And she ended up leaving and going back to America. Um, but- <laughs> so I tried to fly after her a few days after. And they stopped me at the airport. They said the Bed-Din HaRabbani in Tel Aviv is not letting me fly. So I said, I need to go and find out. So I went to the Rabbanut and they said, um, your wife called us and she said she she wants to get a get, she, she wants to get divorced um, and she wants to go back to her family. Okay, fine. So give me an appointment so that we can resolve. So they gave me an appointment for the following day and I went, I get there and then there's like a lawyer from Yad La'chayot It's like, Involved in the case, I'm like, when did all these people get involved? Like within a few days. So we went inside, and the judge there asked me, you know, and the debate, and he said, Do "You want to give her a get?" I said, "No, rabbi, for now, um, I think my wife is angry. Just give me, you know, a little bit of time to try to work things out. Let me talk to her. Let me calm her down. If things work out, they work out. If they don't, then they don't. You know, we'll uh, we'll give a get." So I, I told him I need to say shalom bayit. I need to get so. The lawyer screams at me in the courtroom. She says, hello, no Shalom Bayit. Hey, Get. So the judge was like, calm down. You know, no, he can ask for Shalom Bayit. I said, okay, fine. They gave me, they said, you have a little bit of time. It was about a week. I went back home and I, you know, I, I was calling her. I was trying to work things out and um, things did end, ended up not working out. So within a week after she asked for a get, I went back to the Rabbanuut. And uh, I gave her a get. But this whole, you know, stuff about oh, her family filed, uh, proposed the paper that he's not Jewish and he's been withholding a get for you. No, this is this is not the case. We've been trying to work out our marriage for almost a year already, and uh, we were supposed to move in together at the end of December, but um, it, didn't it didn't work out. And that. I gave her the get, and I and now I'm back, you know, back on track with my life. Trying to you know figure things out, and I, it's a surprising thing I found out that she uh she just got engaged to someone from the community here um which happened so fast and uh I'm trying to pick up my life together now but you what know, do
1: you, it, I understand you have a good position in israel you're involved politically in Israel as well
2: from what i what i hear i'm an, yes i am i am um I mean I've been you want to call them riots you want to call them protests call them whatever you want but I've been participating in activities you know in uh you know stuff with stuff with you know uh the rights of you know Jews to you know to I mean I personally don't go on Harabite but if a Jew wants to go on Harabite you know if Itamar Bingvir wants to go there he has all the right to go so I even met Itamar Bingvir in person I know him in person um yeah, I've been involved, uh I mean I went to the flag march. I've gotten hit so many times by Arabs, uh gotten attacked, gotten assaulted, but you know, that doesn't drain me, that doesn't put me down. Um, I believe, you know, I I'm in, I'm involved I I'm, I'm technically involved in advocacy for for the right of settled. the right of every Jew to build settlements, of you know, to build houses, to have the right to be in Eretz Israel. That's this is, this is jewish land it belongs to jews and that's it period okay. so um so yeah and i've been you know in- integrating and in- integrating into israeli society know, i wouldn't say there, there was any process of integration just like it happened but with the flow like i fit more with israeli society with israeli mentality more than i fit with anywhere else you know? it, it feels like, it just feels like naturally feels like home it's not naturally like nothing you know People, people are so sweet and nice in Israel, you know, everyone stops me in the street, you know, give me a hug, give me a, let, let's take a selfie together, you know, some people stop me for brachot, you know, I'm, I'm, have, you, have you ever, if you've heard of the Rabbi Shlomo Yehuda Biri, the Yanuka? Um, he's, a, he's a very big tzaddik, uh, he's 34 years, years old, uh, knows the entire Shas by heart. Um, he's very famous in Israel. He's my personal rav in Israel right now. My rav in America is Rabbi Avram Reich, but in Israel, you know, my postdoc is the Yanuka. So do I'm very also close with the Yanuka from the TV interviews and all the immediate attention you got. There. No, no, no. The, the Yanuka, doesn't um, doesn't watch any TV. Doesn't um, doesn't people. What well, I'm saying, do people stop you on the streets that recognize
1: you? Oh yeah, yeah. Everyone,
2: everyone. Actually, actually, someone stopped me during the Yamim Noraim, and he said. Oh, uh, Yom Kippur is coming, is coming soon. Please just forgive me. And, you know, if I ever thought bad of you or something like that, then just give me a bracha. You know, every I've, I've taken so many selfies with people in Israel. It's, it's insane. I have not had one single incident in Israel in which I was rejected or in which I was, you know, uh, neglected or anything. People are extremely loving and supportive and warm and friendly. It's insane. It's insane in, in comparison with Brooklyn. Let me turn oh, to Rabbi. In Brooklyn you getting a lot of where in Brooklyn you getting a lot of hate or you getting a lot of I'm not, I'm not I, I wouldn't say I'm getting a lot of hate like even from the Syrian community itself like I I've not I have not seen any rejection or hate I told you it's one rabbi that is, that that has been involved on top of this and you know he's not even Syrian Yemenite. but even no. in even in Israel I I get invited I eat by Syrian family I dove in, in in the Syrian shul in Nahlaot uh, the Syrian, the rabbi in in the Syrian shul, he told me, "Aliyah, anything you need, anything you want, just come to me. Whatever you want, you know, you're welcome." Um, every everybody I hang out is Syrians from Mexico and Panama and uh, oh, Mike Mikeyhila. Wonderful. Let Kehila. me turn
1: to Rabbi Iraq right before we break. <laughs> Here's an email question from Tuni. This rabbi is spreading false information about the Syrian community. Did he do his research? A gear is allowed to daven in a Syrian minion. They can't get an aliyah to a safe in Torah. Don't spread false information on the radio. The rule that was put into place was done by great Rabanam of the Syrian community. It's despicable to hear you both questioning and belittling our Rabanam. Keep to your Ashkenazic laws and belittle and question your own rabbis.
3: Well, uh, <clears throat> uh, the only thing I can say is, I mean, this gentleman himself says that he can't get an aliyah. <laughs> so he's, he's spilling the beans himself. A, a ger comes in, and you don't want to give him a leah? That's terrible. That's, that's degrading. <clears throat> and the fact is, and Zeb, if you want to have the names of the kehilot in Mexico uh, that do not allow a ger, the main uh, to, uh, as uh, Davin, <clears> they're Mavayisht and Barabbim, unfortunately, to get out. Uh, I can tell you, give you the names. So uh, the gentleman himself says he can't get an liar. So... Uh, I
1: mean, that, that somebody, he himself gets He's saying that a Gare, a convert, cannot get an Aliyah. Yeah, so, so,
3: so, so so yeah, yeah, he spilled the beans himself, this guy. <laughs> Keep
1: the <getting> right. <laughs> speaking. He's been guiding Aliyah Hawila, our guest, the Lebanese Huslan. And we'll continue our conversation. We'll look at some other interesting aspects right after these messages. So don't go away. Stay.
0: You're listening to Talk Line with Zeb Brenner. America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981.
1: And now, here's your host. Welcome back to the program. Mom am Sev Brenner, our guest, Aliyah Hawila. He is the Lebanese chassan, his rabbi. Rabbi Avramayach joins us as well. He's an expert in dealing with conversions and also people returning to Judaism based in Brooklyn, New York. Aliyah, I know you had some comments before we get to some more of our questions from our audience. Ali, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, Dev. Yes, I'm here. I think you said there was a couple of points you wanted to make before we get to some of the questions from our audience.
2: Um, yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, you know, in 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 regards to like the process of giving a get, I just wanted to clarify because you know I feel like the articles were very misleading. I mean, two sets of articles throughout my whole story that were misleading. Number one, um, when I first got to Israel, um by Articles published by Koliv and um <clears throat> Times of Israel said Elia Hawila arrived to Israel to convert, which is completely false, completely not true. I already cleared everything out and uh, cleared everything out in America and did a I did a La Humrah just to be on the safe side, as he said. Then when I got to Israel, it was just um, to move in, you know, to make Aliyah and uh, be there for Pesach. So whatever Koliv and Times of Israel published back then was just uh hocus pocus. Um and but for now, the set of articles that said that my ex-wife's family filed a paper to the rabbanut, and that they were not involved at all with the rabbanut and the rulings of the rabbis. Their only role was just to sit there and tell my wife and tell her if you if you get back with him, we're gonna disown you. We you know don't be with him and stuff like that. And the timeline of the get, I was not with you know completely false. I gave the get within a week. I asked the rabbi. I even I told the rabbi. um. When, when, the, when the lawyer from Yad L'Achayot was telling me to give her the get uh, on the spot on that day, I told the rabbi, I said, you know, the Dayan, I said, if if every, if every person gave his wife a get within a week from, the you know, w- within, within a day or two from, their, from them having a fight, no one would stay married in Am Yisrael. Everybody would be divorced. So the, the Dayan was like, okay, you're right. It took us a week and I tried to work things out. And um, within a week, she had her get no i'm not I'm not a get refuser or anything, but you know <clears throat> i would per se i would like to also say that you know um you know even though I gave a get and I gave it willingly and I gave it you know but it it part of it still feels like I was I was a bit forced to it, you know, forced into. I wouldn't be I wouldn't say forced into giving the get, but forced into, into the uh, into the situation considering the timeline, considering the fact that we were gonna move in together at the end of December, and all of a sudden I find myself out locked in Israel, and I find myself being you know you know threatened with things and stuff like that. So it wasn't very comfortable, but I said to myself, I need you know I need you know I need to let it out and give it out. People were you know in. In the community here in Brooklyn, people in the past were forced to give, you know, forced to give gets, but that doesn't apply to me. You know, whatever problem uh, was there with get refusers, that doesn't apply to me at all.
1: Here's an email question for you How is it possible that Leah never knew that he had Jewish relatives, too? Can Leah explain who was the last religious Jew in his family tree? How many generations back? And why did the first person who wasn't religious decide not to be religious?
2: Okay, so how many generations back the religious Jew was? It goes back four generations. My great 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 grandmother, and she was from Aleppo, from Syria, from the Dwek, from the
1: Dwek family. So that's yes. you trace it back. Okay, okay. And here's here's a question. I believe this is for Rabbi Ryan. Uh our listener. Let me just see. Wants to know the question over here. Let me. This is. We have quite a few. Like, how can one have questions and tynas? I mean, complaints on any community. For any minute, it means any custom or taqan or ruling that they may have. Uh,
3: uh, you have to clarify the question.
1: I'm just reading it. I guess it wants to know is how can you question the taqan the, the rules that any community may have to preserve their community.
3: Well, uh, this is the greatness of the Jewish nation. There's a bay of a rubber Ravina Rav Chizda, Yudvin Shmuel, there's the Rajwa and the Ritva. There are, there are, through generations we have different opinions. It's, uh, it's, it's just natural and normal uh, to uh, disagree, uh, even though I consider them a great community, in practically every way, but um, it's my belief and the belief of most of the uh, rabbinical authorities in the world, that it isn't fair to cut out a ger from a community. When the Torah says, well, I have to mess a ger, and, there are, and the, the Balotorma says, it says 48 times in the Torah, well, I have to mess a ger. And so if, if, uh, if the person is, is um, if he feels that um, I'm not respectful the, for the, uh, to the Syrian community, I have the greatest respect for them. Uh, they've, done a, they've done a tremendous job of bringing up a new generation of Neytaira. I love them all. But, you know, one has nothing to do with the other. We're, no, we're right, no, sir, after
1: this, Berges, I'm not sure if you're going to get an Aaliyah in a Syrian synagogue.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here's a question for Aliyah. Why would somebody like you, who has a Lebanese ethnic background and was left out because of his ethnicity, support Osman Yehuda Kahanis? Are you going to renounce your American citizenship if you make aliyah? Also, do you still hold Lebanese citizenship, as you still have a Lebanese passport?
2: Um, he said, "Support someone like who, like the kahanists." Yes, yeah, so like like oh, it's not Yehudis. I guess that you're. Why bit- you know? I mean, I mean, I've I, I'm you know I've gotten so much love and acceptance and friendliness from uh, people 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 involved. That's my they welcomed me. Uh, actually, Yom Hatzma'ut, The night before Yom Hatzma'ut, I went. I was I was davening in uh, Yeshivat Ayoni Yehudi. You uh, know, Mikhail Ben Ari was there. Etamar dir were there. They were giving me hugs, and they were we were having dinner together. There was a whole gathering. They don't hate me. They don't. You know, they they see me as part of them. They see me see me as part of the Jewish nation. You know, they're Jews. They're Yidden at the end of the day whether they're so, so, super fully Zionist, super anti-Zionist. I,
1: I think he said because you're Lebanese and I guess they're considered to be anti-Arab. Is that why we're would... not?
2: No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Otsma Yehudit is not anti-Arab. Otsma Yehudit is just fighting for the rights of the Jews to, 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 be, to be to settle in the land of Israel. No, not at all. No, they're not anti-Arab. No, just a question. Itamar Bingvir is not anti-Arab. No, this is Lashon Hara. This is unacceptable. No, no. Here's Yehuda's
1: rights, fascinating program. Here's wishing that all parties involved should be well and have Shalom and A'slacha. It means peace and luck and all that they do. Now that the saga is over and reflecting on the last year, many things were said and comments made by many people that weren't necessarily complimentary. Although we are joking of making a movie out of this story, we have people, lies that we're dealing with. Please ask Aliyah Mechila forgiveness from all of us who may have been guilty of this. We only wish you the best of the rest of your life. Keep up your positive attitude. Thank you. Say thank
2: you. Um,
1: that's, 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 that's I, just, I just
2: want to I I point something out in regards to the, to the thing with Gayrim and the Syrian community. Um, this is something people are not very familiar with. Specifically, specifically, the Syrian community in Panama does accept gayrim. They do just put them through more restrictive, you know, testing, testing stages and stuff like that. You know, this during our time right now when we're living, twenty twenty three, the uh, the Syrian community in Panama accepts gayrim into to marry into the. Just something I wanted to put out. And, I, well, and, uh, this
1: really this kind of this rule, from what I understand, was really one that was started by the Syrian community in Brooklyn and maybe other communities. Have it attacked. wasn't.
2: It, it was started in Argentina and then adopted by Mexico. Yeah, by Brooklyn. Okay. Yes. So
1: Brooklyn was the first one. But.
2: Um, yeah, but I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, even in Israel, you know, you walk into the Syrian shul in Nahlaot and, you know, gerim pray, you know, uh, they're very, very they're very comfortably. I mean, even I saw one ger in the Syrian shul in Nakhlaot, an Aliyah. It's fascinating. But just in Brooklyn and in Mexico, for some reason, it's still, you know, it's still a taboo. You know, I would say it's, it's more of like politics. This is how I see it. It's just my opinion. It could not be that, but this is just no, how listen, I see it.
1: From what I understand was, and there was, I think, some good motives behind the original Takana. Oh, definitely, different, definitely,
2: different, definitely. 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 It was a different time.
1: And I think you had Syrian men that were looking to marry out of the faith, and they wanted to nip that in the bud. They wanted to make sure.
2: What I heard, what I heard is that it was very hard for Syrian men. You know, they, there were many restrictions and many requirements by rabbis. That said, that they, if you want me to be Mr. Derkishin, you should have as much money or this or that. So the men started marrying outside the community, marrying Goyot. So the huge influx of Goyot in the community, they had, the Syrian rabbis had no choice. Rabbi Rabbi Maselton and Rabbi Kassin back then. What I heard, they said, need to just ban. You know, it was needed. Takana was needed back then. I'm, I'm curious, Rabbi Reich, are you doing a lot
1: of conversions? Are there a lot of people that's coming to you and said they want to convert to Judaism these days?
3: As I mentioned before, um, I'm not a conversion, Rabbi. Our, our bezdin, which we have, is not a conversion, Besdin. Uh, but the, the example of Eli Havilah is the type of work that we do. Uh, people come to us, and if we see that sincere... We try to help them. Uh, we don't push them away. We try to help them, but we don't look for it. No, we don't search for it. We don't look for it. It's not part of our income and business. And, uh, and I'm not talking um, negative about rabbis that take money because the halacha is even though you're not supposed to take money for conversion, uh, uh, you allowed to take shorbat alad, the time, you know, time-consuming that you have to give for it. But um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to say uh, if I do a lot of them. But if you look at Elie Chavila, to me he's considered, you know, the certain Jews that are uh, in Mitzrayim. There were uh, six hundred thousand Jews born from one one from one woman. And the Gemara says, "What do you mean six hundred thousand? How is that possible?" He says, "When when uh, when Yuhavid had Moshe Rabbeinu, he was considered chashel like the six hundred So you see, every year, every year that we have is has a different value. One year is a thousand minchametz. So one is a, a, a hundred thousand. I, I would think um, Eli is to me is worth a half a million chesamim. Uh, mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's not the kamus the amount, but uh, the fact that Hashem, I get uh, we get um, uh, we get telephones uh, very very often during the week. For people that are being rejected as as gerim, and um, if I may, uh, we have opened we have uh, made a special bezdin. Uh, this is a leading Poiskim of our generation. This is the Bishol, Bobby Harfenis, Machaber, Bishol Vazmanim, is one of the great Poiskim of our generation. Um, and uh, Perret Steinberg, who's in the Bezlin of the Igud Rabolim, and uh, Rabbi Sheashel Kirsch, who's in the Bezlin of Bishput Emes. that was the Bezlin the, the of Rabbi Belsky and myself which I'm a part of the Mishpat uh, of um, Magalit Tzedek Bezdin, we have uh, decided because of all these problems that um, Gehrim have, like, for instance, a Gehrim that was in Zgayer in Brooklyn goes to, to, goes down to Florida. Uh, so the Florida Bezdin will not accept the Gehrim if they don't know who the bezin was. And I can understand them, you know. I can understand them. What I don't understand is you should make your, you should do your your homework and try to find yeah. out who the Bezdin is. What is the name of your be uh, we, 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 uh, uh, the, the purpose of our bezin is is to uh, if anybody who, any gear that went through Garis, um, we will certify it when we find out that this person is keeping Terra minutes and the bezin that he uh, uh, was officiated by is a true Bezden. Uh, if anybody wants to know about it can call me or call Zev and uh, they'll give you my phone number to help these type of gear. and unfortunately there are many of them.
1: We're, we're looking, uh, let me say one more question before we break. Okay. Uh, here's, <laughs> I I guess people are intrigued by the whole question about ultimate Yehudas and, uh, that organization, which is part of the government question comment to Lee. If you don't think that Kahanists and Al-Sumat Yehuda are anti-Arab, then you clearly haven't researched them enough. Whether you like them or not, anti-Arabism is the whole part of Kahanism. In Osmalt Yehuda, Ben Gavir had a painting of Burra Goldstein who killed six Arab children, in a terror attack, in his living room for years. Also, Leah, you didn't answer if you plan to renounce your U.S. citizenship and if you still had a Lebanese passport.
2: Well, you don't have to research uh, Otsumayi and Houdid if you being to, know if to, to know the truth. You just have to actually know them on a personal level and actually involve them that they're not bad people. Really, really good. Um, number two, my am American citizenship. I am proud of my American citizenship. I am never, ever renouncing my American citizenship citizenship. America is a country that protected Jews, that uh, gave Jews a safe haven when Jews were running away from Europe. You know, I am proud of my American citizenship, and I'm going to still get my my Israeli citizenship to Mizrat Hashem. I'm applying for Aliyah. I'm in the process right now. Uh, And uh, in regards to my Lebanese citizenship, it doesn't make any difference anyway. I'm Lebanese. I'm not Lebanese. (laughs) Israel doesn't reject me because I have a Lebanese passport. So, no, I don't I don't have the. Any plans to go to the, Lebanon
1: to see, to see any family or anything? Is that on the horizon?
2: Uh, absolutely not. When we go back to Lebanon, Bazat Hashem, will go back from the south on a tank to free Lebanon and give it, and make it, make it part of Eretz Israel.
1: Our guest uh, is the Lebanese Chassan Aliyah Hawila, who has embraced. Uh, he actually, through the efforts of our other guest, Rabbi. Avram Reich has found his Jewish identity, even though he went through a conversion, which he didn't really have to go through, but he went through what's called conversion, lechumrah, and uh, he tried to reconcile with his wife. Didn't work out. Just recently gave her a a Jewish divorce. We're going to be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned.
0: You're listening to Talk Line with Zeb Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981.
1: And now, here's your host. Welcome back to the program. I'm Zev our guest, Leah Hawila, the Lebanese Hassan. And he went through a whole ordeal where he masqueraded as a Jew and then discovered he was Jewish, but his wedding was, I guess, uh, dissolved and then they were back together again, and now they're officially divorced. Rabbi Reich is his rabbi who's been guiding him. He's uh, very popular shul and deals with people returning to Judaism, and he's also been involved in conversions. Um, Ali, you had a comment about Syrians
2: and gayrim? Yeah, 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 it was it was the comment about uh, you know Panama um, regar- regarding the Panama community primarily. You know, they're they're very open minded. You know, in regards, you know, very lenient in regards to Cana. Um, But again, I mean, it's a general rule. It's strictly applied in uh, you know in uh, in America and in Mexico specifically. I mean, in Florida and Brooklyn. But you know, I mean. It, it's, it's, you know, the the Syrian community is not like the ghost that's just sitting there being, uh, you know, hit, hitting, you know, moving away people and trying to kick, you know, there, there's still some people who are close minded within the community all around the world. But in general, no, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm still I'm still part of this community. The heart go, goes where it belongs. you know. Turns out I'm actually a descendant, a descendant of the community. I come from the community. You know, I'm, I'm technically Syrian, you know. So I can't I can't like speak bad but like you know whenever you see something bad you know you talk about it. So if 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 a, if a ger is not allowed to to pray in a shul, no that's wrong. That's I actually heard there's a shul in Florida with a uh, with Syrian shul with a sign on it that says gerim are not welcome here or something like that. Um I think it's I'm not sure if it's true or not but if it's if it's true then th- th- that's terrible. That's, that's very terrible. It shouldn't happen. You know. Um yeah, but just you know, let's not talk bad about each other. We're all Yidin at the end of the day. You know, whether we're born Jewish, whether we're gayrim, we're all Yidin. You know, every, every Garam is, you know, welcome into this world, well, welcome into the Jewish world. The Torah says more, it, it, it repeats more and more times that uh, we should respect gairim than it says we should keep Shabbat. This is the Torah. The the it doesn't come from me, it comes from the Torah. Absolutely. Now,
1: where did you get your training from? Because obviously you're conversing, you know how to dive, you know how to learn. Where did
2: you learn all of this? I mean, I started by myself in Lebanon. I taught myself how to read Hebrew. I read Tanakh. I taught myself Allah. I went I, when I when I came to America in the Bitqabad in Texas. Um, and I was even taking you know learning watching Shirim and lectures online and Rabbi Yosef Mizrahi and Rabbi Yaron Rubin and uh you know, when I came to America, you know, when, sorry, when I came to Brooklyn, I went to atera Torah. I was studying in atera Torah during the time I was living here, you know, the Syrian yeshiva. Um, but in, in Israel, Israel Bezrat Hashem, I'm planning on doing a yeshiva part-time right now. I'm not going to say which yeshiva, but uh, yeah, and I hope, I hope to get in touch with people back again right now. And, you know, I, I I haven't been so much in touch with people in Brooklyn, you know, people people that I've known. Uh, and you know, and people that I used to learn with, people, people that I used to schmooze with about learning. But I mean, number one because I've been living in, living in Israel. Number two, right now I have a serious issue. I lost my my contacts. I lost my phone. I haven't. I'm sure people have been trying to contact me, but like you know, I've lost people's numbers and I've lost people's emails. So just uh, I, I don't have access to my email. So if anyone you know, wh- whoever's going to copy this, Kolle Yeshiva World, please just mention to people if they want to contact me, they should go back to Zev. And ask Zev for my number. You know, for my, I'm gonna give Zev my new number. So, so was, that's just we putting have that
1: more, out. One squeeze One or two more questions. Here's one. Uh, ask Ali. Was he pressured or tricked into giving the get the Jewish divorce?
2: Both. Both. I gave it. I gave it willingly. I gave it willingly. I gave it willingly. But both. Both. I was. The moment I gave the get um, in Israel, my ex-wife told me, you know, if you if you give me the get, you know, you'll uh, you know, we'll work it out together. We'll, uh, you know, we'll be husband and wife again, you know, come to Brooklyn and work it out. It turns out, no, she's just trying to get the get she got in the end. Number two, you know, it's it's not a nice feeling, you know, you know, when you're when you're pressured to stay in a country, when you're pressured and just squeezed, you, you feel like you feel like a prisoner. You're not allowed to leave the country just because you want to give a get. Okay. I, what I told my ex-wife, I said, "Listen, you know, you want me to give you a get. Just tell, tell the to, to lift up the, um, you know, the order to prevent me to to leave Israel. Let me come to Brooklyn. We'll try to work it out. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, I'll give you the get in the community, in our, in our community between our people. It doesn't have to get to that level where I have to be like choked down. I mean." But at the end, I said, you know what? It's not worth it anymore. I've been suffering for a year. And within a week, I gave the get. And then I come back to America and, you know, I find out that she's engaged. So Listen, there's it, that.
1: It wasn't much. That, but the, as I said earlier, the fact that there was a deception in the original marriage, which turned out it wasn't a deception because of the facts that you were Jewish. Mm-hmm. But somehow that that also, I think, complicates for a relationship when the the building blocks, there are some blocks.
2: A hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I don't think you ever, both you ever, ever overcame that completely. At I least- understand a hundred percent, but um, you know, this is coming from her directly. And by the way, you know, if anyone wants, you know, to know, to get more information about this, I'd be happy. I'm going to attach, you know, I'm going to give Zev, you know, I'm going to give you Zev a link that if people want to, to get more details, I'm going to have a Google drive link for people to go get more information. And I'm even gonna give the number of my marriage therapist if anyone wants to contact her and ask her more details about this. You know, let let the people know. But um, my my wife, uh, you know, you know, my ex-wife told me she said, "I love you and I want you back and I forgive you." Um, and you can't keep keep going back and forth. It's not a game. It's- yeah, but you know, that's what does said. She forgave, you, but there was a Yad Lacham
1: video where she attacked you for for the sessions before you know yes
2: work. and i said what's that about she said oh well i needed the money to you know to help her with stuff I'm not, I'm not gonna get into that but she said i needed the money and that excused her to make the video you know she made the video with yad Lachim telling people oh you know i want uh, i don't want him anymore he tricked me blah 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 and i want i want to continue my life and at the same time she was talking to me like at the same time she was texting me telling me i love you i want to be with you i want to get back together you can't just go tell people this guy tricked me. I hate him. He's bad. Give me support and help. And at the same time, you know, go tell me, you know, you know, you know, I want you and I love you. That doesn't work. This way. you can't you can't convince people that you hate me when you're talking to me behind their back.
3: It's
0: not
2: well, right. We're almost out of time, Rabbi
1: Avram Reich. Any closing thoughts you'd like to share with our audience? Uh,
3: there is one uh, trend of thought that. Uh, that people justify and turning away uh, non Jews from becoming Gerim. And that is the halacha of Chia. In Shilchan Aruch, it says you have to push them away. <laughs> so that's taken out of text. It's taken out of text. Uh, Chazal teaches us that <inaudible> the reason that before Mashiach will be dispersed, the Jewish nation will be dispersed. Over all the nations of the world, it's just the opposite to accept gayrim. And as I said, mentioned before, the Baloturim says, it is 48 times in the Torah that you have to mention love a ger or help a ger. So when you ask a question, what does it mean when the, when the, uh, when, when the Lachas says, you have to be doichim, you have to push him away? Pushing away means, very simple, you have to see whether he really wants it or not. You have to explain to him how hard it is. Until then, he had an easy life. He didn't have to watch what he was eating. He didn't have to watch who he was marrying. He didn't have Shabbos. He didn't have Yom Tif. You have to really go in to see whether this person really wants it, wants Judaism, seriously, with his whole heart. And the only way to do it is, is to push the person away, not to tell him we don't want you. Go away, which is terrible. I, I want to tell you, I even heard Rabbanim say that, you know, that, uh, what do you mean? Why do we have to help them? I mean, of course we have to help them. It's Rabbanu Shalom that says we have to help them. And I always tell them, Avram Avinu, when was Hashem a car of Avram Avinu? Before he made the bris, before he became a yid. That teaches us that when you see somebody, just like Hashem saw that Avram Avinu wanted to be a Jew with his whole heart, we have to emulate Hashem mahu We also have to be Makar of them. But the only way to be Makar of them is to tell them, is to explain to them how hard it is to be a Jew and to see, even if we've given them uh, um, the the uh, the hardships that it entails being a Jew, the person wants them, of course we have to em- embrace them. I'm,
1: I'm out of time, and, and I appreciate you really being here on the broadcast tonight. And uh, so, thank you. And I just-, I just, I just
3: want everybody to know. Please stop this attitude that we have to push away going from becoming gay. Stop that attitude. It's not the Torah's attitude. Of course, we have to like Rus did, like, Rus did, like Rus did, like Naomi did to Rus. She tries. She tried to explain to her three times. That's what we learned every three times. But after that, she was makariver. Right, the, Mish- the, the Mashiach, comes from Rus. Thank you. Thank I'm
2: you. Before, before ending, I just want to point something out. Um, going some back to the original point. says that she is not
1: engaged. I'm getting a bunch of emails right, so I'm just putting that on for the record. She
2: is. She is. And if someone wants to know, hit me up, and you'll know even the family that she's engaged.
1: We're just saying we're closing. Let's, we're-
2: let's just say we're done with playing games. We're, we're, we're done with playing games now. Put everything on the table. She is she is engaged, and the guys from the community, and they're, they're rushing them to get married, actually. They want them to get married so fast. The family wants her to have a baby. Yeah, and I'm getting emails, otherwise. But Aaliyah, we thank you for being on, and I guess you have your work. You have a great just, job. And, and
1: um, I
2: just wanted, I just wanted to make one last point in regarding, you know, to the people who got agitated in regarding to gvir You know, till this day, ben gets, you know, gets criticized that he's not kahanist enough. Just so you know, he's considered modern in uh, today's Israel terms. And uh, yeah, anyone who knows him on a personal level knows that he's one one of the sweetest We're people around. ever time loving his husband thank for being us thank you for being part
1: of our show uh, tonight thank you so much